All the services have been done. Everything is ready to go. No stickies on the inside. The first time I went, it was 1989. A couple of radio friends and a couple other friends. We, we got in the van and just drove all night on a Friday night. Spent the day Saturday and Sunday. Came back late Sunday night. Got back middle of the day Monday. I mean, to Monterey and back. It's, you know, a long drive from, from Portland. Went again in 1990 because we had so much fun in 89. Went again in 91. Did not go in 92 because I had a three-week-old son. Probably not good for him to leave him home with his mom. But uh, since then, every single year except for two years, 2014, we had a scheduling conflict. In 2020, the COVID thing canceled everything. But uh, other than that, I've been down there every single year with my buddy Rich. It's been a fun trip. Hey, this is Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for August 9th. And uh, you can find us at tradeshowguy.net. I'm the owner and operator of Trade Show Guy Exhibits. Been in business uh, 10 years. Into our 11th year this month. Crazy. This is my bi-weekly, for the most part, podcast slash video blog. It's been going on since 2017. So we're in the fifth year of that. Prior to that, I did a year or two of monthly webinar series, mostly live. They kind of morphed into this program. The goal of this program really is to highlight various aspects of the trade show and event and conference industry. And of course, what's going on with Trade Show Guy exhibits and our partners by talking to people in the industry to get their perspective. So what am I talking about uh, that I started in 1989? It's a trip. It's a historic auto week in Monterey, California, with races at Laguna Seca, an incredible car show, vintage cars at Pebble Beach, the Pebble Beach Concord d'Elegance. I've been to that like 30 plus times. It's just a crazy fun week that uh, it's ending up to be my friend Rich and I have gone down for most of that time. We hit golf balls a lot at uh, Pacific Grove City Municipal Course, kind of the poor man's Pebble Beach. But for the last several years, one of the things we really started to enjoy is going to car auctions uh, on the Fisherman's Wharf at Monterey, uh, out at uh, Pebble Beach, they're, they're also in downtown Monterey. There's a handful of car auction companies that are there, and it's part of the event. And so I thought it might be fun to catch up with the CEO of Russo and Steel, which puts on a pretty cool event, a car auction, right there at the Fisherman's Wharf. And I was curious to learn about it because I've, I've been to the events, but I've never bid on a car. I've never sold a car there. Uh, but... Uh, you know, when I saw a car that uh, like a Mercedes uh, that I thought I could I could afford that. That's only like eight thousand dollars. What it went for, I could you know I could figure out a way to do that, right? So I got to talking to Drew about the not only how the company is, what they do, uh, how they managed to make it through COVID, but what's the perspective of someone who's never actually bid or sold a car, and that's kind of where that conversation went with Drew Alcacer, the CEO of Russo and Steel. Want to welcome Drew Alcassar, uh, CEO of Russo and Steel, to the show this morning. Drew, I really appreciate you spending some time. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So, Drew, the reason I'm talking to you, you're CEO of Russo and Steel. Let's. Uh, I've been to the auctions you guys have done. You do car auctions, but uh, just for people that aren't familiar with Russo and Steel, what exactly do you guys do? 
Well, this will be, believe it or not, our 22nd year in uh, downtown Monterey. Wow. Uh, we started uh, Russo and Steel Collector Automobiles as a sort of an extension of the passion that uh, my wife, Josephine, and I have for collector cars. Uh, we have uh, a tagline called for enthusiasts by enthusiasts, but it, uh, it's very genuine in that we would be road rallying our old cars, vintage racing our old cars, uh, Concord Elegance showing our old cars. Uh, we exhibited our Ferrari on Pebble Beach uh, several years ago. I'm, I'm actually the only auction principal in Monterey that's going to be on Laguna Seca racetrack during the day oh, nice. and on his auction block at night. Uh, so it's very much uh, about our passion for the collector cars. Uh, but we launched this collector car auction called Russo and Steel. Uh, we really wanted to do something that had the heart and soul of, of the enthusiasts in mind. Uh, we want a little something for everybody. It's not just, you know, nothing but million dollar cars for super duper rich people. There's, there's, there's all kinds of things. We've got everything from a, a genuine Manx dune buggy all the way up to a uh, 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 Pierce Arrow at our auction and everything in between from Vipers to Shelby's to Chevy's to Camaro's to Corvette's, you name it. We've got a little something for everyone. So we invite everybody down. We're right on the uh, Marina, uh, right there near, next to Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, and we are open to the public. And so we invite everybody to come down and enjoy with us this year. Uh, one thing that's interesting about this year's show, sort of post pandemic, we're uh, very excited to be back in action again. And as a thank you to uh, all of our loyal clients, we're going to be offering complimentary bidders credentials to everyone uh, <laughs> oh, at nice. the event here this year. So just kind of a, a fun way to say thank you to everybody. And uh, we're, we're awful excited to be back. Well, I've been to the, the auction half a dozen times at least over the last 10 years, and it's a really fun thing to go to. But I think one of my favorite things is actually walking around the parking lot and seeing everything up close, uh, just the, the you know dozens and dozens, hundreds of cars maybe that, that, that you can just kind of take a peek at before the auction actually starts during the day. That to me is pretty fascinating. Um, so I'm curious, you know, uh, obviously the pandemic has affected every, everybody. How did it affect your company? Just briefly, I'm just curious to see what you guys went through. Well, I think, uh, you know, our market sector in terms of uh, uh, public events uh, was probably the hardest hit, uh, you know, yeah. unlike restaurants and things like that, that were able to pivot and, you know, do be able to do some, you know, some limited uh, business. Uh, we were literally dead in the water. We were at zero bubble, no wind in the sails for almost two years. Yeah. Um, our last show was actually January 20 here in Scottsdale. Um, so it has been a long pull for us. <laughs> is this um, your first show back ask, pardon me is this your first show back this is yeah this is wow our first show. yeah so well that'll pretty, be even cooler <laughs> pretty exciting yeah no it's uh it's it feels good to be uh, like i said with a little bit of wind in our at our backs now and uh and moving in in and and grooving so uh, it was really it was it was incredibly difficult uh, a lot of people asked me uh you know did we pivot oh. and do an online auction or something like that yeah. and, and i said no um and they were curious as to why we wouldn't have done something like that. Of course, all the other auction companies did, a, you know, some type of an online limited presence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it wasn't fulfilling for me personally. Um, as a fellow enthusiast, I think the collector cars is, it's a passion, it's an emotion, it's a heart and it's a soul. Um, you know, no matter how cool the car is, it could be Steve McQueen's 275 GTB 4 cam <laughs> Ferrari. 
it's still just a hunk of metal held off the ground by four pieces of rubber. And what makes it fun, what makes the, the, the passion of this hobby so uh, thrilling is, is the fellow enthusiasts. It's hanging out at the cars and coffee. It's going to the shows. It's, right. it's being in our auction in the round with that kind of gladiator sport coliseum, cars ground level, elevated seating, hanging out with your friends, having a cocktail, whooping it up, high-fiving when you buy the car that you're after. Um, that really close visceral emotional connection at least for me anyway, uh, is very much what Russo and Steele is really all about. So rather than to compromise on that and to try and do something that I just, I didn't find personally fulfilling, like an online auction, um, was just not my cup of tea. I was going to wait. And we had the luxury, uh, very, with a rapidly loyal client base to kind of throw things into neutral uh, for a little while here. And, and financially, thankfully, we were able to coast through things and uh, be back where we are now with our first show in Monterey. Well, that's good to hear. I'm looking forward to the show. So I'm curious uh, to, to look at this angle because I just look at it from a spectator. I'm, I'm, I'm not a car hobbyist or an enthusiast, but I love looking at the stuff. I, I, I just don't have the wherewithal at this point to own those cars. And, you know, I don't, it, just it's the way it is, but I love going to see them and to look at them and to see what, what could be. So I'm curious from, from a spectator's perspective or someone who is maybe getting into it, they want to buy a car or they want to auction a car. They got like a, you know, a 62 Corvette or something that's in pretty good shape. How do they approach that? If they've never been in the auction world, what kind of things do you want to have them uh, look at and walk through? Well, Russo and Steel really was designed uh, for um, those types of buyers and sellers, uh, enthusiasts to come and uh, enjoy the camaraderie of, of other like-minded enthusiasts and enjoying the cars. It wasn't, uh, you know, I've been doing it for 35 years. So to me, some of these things are second nature, but right. I, I really realize a lot of people call and, and have questions. Um, there are some stigmas that go with auctions. Uh, there, there's stigmas that go there with everything, but uh, right. certainly, uh, you know, some of the auction things, uh, there's a lot of questions about. Uh, it's funny, we always do a little bit of a Q&A in our Scottsdale event. Uh, and I just grab the microphone, I sit in the middle of the block and I take any question anybody wants to ask. And I remember the very first time I did that, uh, the first hand that went into the air says, tell me about shill bidding. <laughs> and I went, well, okay, we're coming out of the gate hot. Yeah, might as well hit them hard, right? You know, I believe that uh, some of that transparency, some of the knowledge, uh, helping people make the right decisions um, is, is really part of the equation, part of the problem. Unless I go up with a gun and put it in somebody's mouth, keep them from having their buddy bid their car up. I just can't. Yeah. Um, you know, we certainly do as much as we can to discourage those types of things. It, it's not in the best interest of the seller. I let them know that. I say, listen, if I get wind that you're bidding on your own car or, bidding, or your buddy's bidding the car up, I says, you know, I, I'm going to take the car off the block. I just, that, that's, it's an arm's length transaction to bonafide bidders. So there's little things like that, that I think we work really hard to try and say, I'm always open for questions. Call me, ask me, Hey, I've never consigned a car to an auction before. Why is it so intimidating? It just, it feels like it's, you know, all these hoops I got to jump through. It's really pretty easy. Um, you know, the toughest part is making sure we've got a nice, clean, clear, transferable title. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we do, we'll help step you through the process, uh, get some nice pictures of the car, allow us to do some good marketing for you. You know, uh, a, a half million dollar marketing budget is going to get spent whether we're advertising your car or not. So <laughs> get me some good pictures so I can have you a uh, part of our right. group and, you know, be on the website and be part of the ads and the campaign that we have going on. So there's, there's a lot of things that I can help people out. Um, but it's like anything, just if, if you're smart enough to ask the questions, I'm happy to help you and, and I'll help you step through the process and uh, we'll make it fun. Same thing on the bidding side. 
you know, a lot of people are saying, ah, you know, geez, it, it feels like the bullets are flying and I got to make this really yeah. fast decision. And I, I said, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, the cars are going to be there. You can come out, you can inspect the cars, you can look them over. Many times I encourage owners, most auctions don't do this, but I actually encourage owners to be with their cars. Other auction companies are concerned that the owner and the buyer and the seller are going to get together and do a deal outside and they're going to get gypped out of a commission. I go, no, 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 no. First of all, my loyal client base isn't going to do that anyway. And if somebody does that as a seller, I'm never going to buy, invite them back. So there's no incentive for them to do it. Right. I would much rather have an environment where buyer and seller can get together, talk about the car. Most, most kind of buyers, if, if you don't know something about a car, again, the questions are the key. There's plenty of good third-party experts, people that come to these events all the time. If you're looking at a Shelby GT350 or a 58 Corvette or a Hemi Cuda, and you say, look, I really did go into these cars, but I, I'm honest, I just, I don't know that much about them. I want to make sure I don't make a mistake. You know, come on up and ask me. The chances are probably good that somebody's on site that I can direct you to if I can't, if I don't have time to help you myself and say, you know, let's go look at the car. But more important than just the car, is is the ownership i like knowing where the car came from how has it been cared for uh you know is is it been in a collection for a long period of time did the person that owned it really enjoy the car and really you know this was his passion and those are the kind of cars that i like to buy uh, but little tidbits of information um it's funny i say listen i look four places on a car when i buy it if i'm buying a car i don't care what it is any kind of car you can name, whether it's a car at the dealer auction or a car at a collector car auction, or a car sitting in a field with weeds growing through it. Look in four places, the trunk, the door jam, the glove box, <laughs> and underneath the car. If you look in those four places, you'll know everything you need to know about the car. Why? Because those are places that nobody else goes. Right. If the, if the glove box full of junk and it's dirty and it's crappy, you kind of go, oh, did somebody really care? Same thing with the <laughs> trunk. Is the trunk clean? Is the spare there? Does the spare tire match the other tires on the car? Is the jack complete? Is everything in the trunk the way it's supposed to be? Is, does it look like there's any rust repairs? The car ever been wrecked? Trunks are great places to look because people keep the deck lids closed and they don't look in there very often. Door jams. Nobody likes cleaning door jams. My detailer hates me because I make sure that my door jam looks like the top of my hood. But those are the places that you look for the little clues that say, what has this car really been maintained like? And, 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 and those are the things I look for. Interesting tips. So how does someone tell if their car is they want to sell is really a fit for the auction? Uh, they think oh, I've been driving this for a while. It's, it's got miles on it. Maybe not too many. I don't know the age of the car. How, what kind of things should they be saying to themselves or looking at their car about? We sell all kinds of cars. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a barn find Alfa Romeo, <laughs> literally had the bumpers in the trunk of the car. I think I remember um, that. <laughs> and it was so it was so cool. And, and, and it sold for an outrageous amount of money. I mean, you, you and the funny thing was, is I, I talked to the buyer about it. I says, but I mean, why would you pay? I mean, he, he paid twice what the car was probably worth in terms of if you were looking to restore it. And he says, you know, I have a collection full of 100% restored cars. I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah. This car is going to be the center of my collection because everybody's going to gravitate around it. This is the one they're going to stand around and drink cocktails in my showroom with is this car. Um, so we do everything in between that a lot of my clients are, you know, their uncle had an old 21 window micro bus that they're wanting to sell. Oh, those are beautiful. <laughs> you know, their grandfather, one of the family members may have passed away and there's a, an old Mustang fastback sitting in the garage that, you know, the family says, you know, Hey, we don't really know what to do with this thing. Uh, you know, give me a call and let's, let's help you out with it. But 
I think the fun thing for me is I'll be sitting on an airplane flying somewhere and inevitably the conversation comes up. What do you do? And I get this smile on my face and I say, Hey, I just play with old cars. That's all yeah. I do. And <laughs> it's a wonderful universal language. Everybody's got a story about a cool old car. Um, they know where old cars are. They know where the, the people are that have them, the family, the friends. And when it comes time to sell those cars, you know, Hey, give me a call. I'll help yeah. you step through the process. We'll, we'll maximize the, uh, the, the market uh, for the car to get the most money for you, put it in your pocket. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that, whether it's with a reserve stating the minimum that you'll accept for the car. The auction house doesn't have the ability to sell the car for less than a stated reserve, or you can sell a car, no reserve, which means it's loose and selling to the highest bidder, regardless of price. Right. Now, some people go, oh my God, why would you fly without a net like that and just pull a car up, <laughs> no reserve? Well, truthfully, we have some spectacular cars. I mean, multiple six-figure cars that gets consigned, no reserve, because the inherent excitement that goes with it, and particularly at Russo and Steel, because we accept both reserve and no reserve cars, the integrity of a no reserve car is here, because I, I, I would have, I'd be happy just to have a reserve on the car otherwise. So my buyers know that when there's a no reserve sticker on a car, it genuinely has that kind of excitement. Wow, this car is going to be sold no reserve. And truthfully, the market, particularly in today's market where it's so strong, uh, the, the cars are going to be selling in for what, you know, the market value uh, regardless. But no reserve is a 5% sales commission with reserve is a 10% sales commission. Okay. So particularly under cars under, say, for example, the $50,000 threshold in value, uh, no reserve mathematically really puts a lot more money in your pocket. Right. So from the bidder side, let's look at that for a little bit. If you're, if you've never been to an auction, you think, you know, I got 10 grand. I want to buy just a nice little car, like a, uh, I don't know, let's just say a Mercedes that's, that's not great shape, but it's good shape. It's drivable. Uh, and there, you saw one there that, 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 that went for a price. Like I, I'm just using this because an example, because that's what my wife was looking for. Right. Uh, so how do you bid on these things? And you just come in cold. You, you obviously have to go through a process. How does that work? And, and if you've never bid, what kind of things should you look for? Well, we try and make the bidding registration process as easy as we can. You know, obviously I have a duty to my sellers. I can't just let somebody fog a mirror and walk in with a bill right. credential. <laughs> um, uh, we do that with a credit card. Uh, we take a security hold on a credit card. Uh, that security hold is automatically released right after the event if you don't buy something. Um, but uh, we, uh, if the deal's consummated, you'll sign a contract of sale on the block and then you wire the money the following business day uh, yeah. to pay for your purchase. Uh, but we've got lots of cars that are just great little drivers that are, you know, I've got clients that come and, I'll, and we'll buy a car for their kid who's, you know, going off to school that year or, you know, buy something for their grandson because he's just getting his driver's license. And, and you know, I, you know, you can buy a nice little, uh, you know, maybe mid 2000s SL 500 right now for, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 grand. Right. Um, and, and they're great cars, uh, properly maintained and serviced. Uh, they're they're going to drive for a long period of time. Uh, I, I, all my grandkids are in that 13 to 17 range. So uh, <laughs> I'm buying them what I call their bumper cars right now. Because right. <laughs> I know there's going to be some experimentation going on. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a learning curve involved with it. Uh, so there'll be some some, uh, some probably some dinged up fenders and some uh, some bumper fascias I'll have to replace. But, you know, we have a little something for everybody that can come and, and buy a great driver car that, you know, you say, hey, I want something cool that's fun in the garage. 
Uh, I kind of keep coming back to that Manx dune buggy just because it's so much fun. Right. You should go to our website, <laughs> russoandsteel.com and look at the Manx dune buggy we have. It is so much fun. It's this blue metal flake sparkle. And oh, uh, yeah. I, I know the car from Newport Beach. Uh, we, we do parades with it every 4th of July. And so they consigned it to the auction this year. Um, there's some unusual cars. We've got a, a 1960 Lancia that's a little two-door coupe. Uh, most Lancias, of course, are Aurelias and, and convertibles and very valuable cars. And this is a, a really modest little coupe that was a great restoration, actually by Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars. His shop did the restoration on the car. So as you can tell, I'm a nut for these cars. You are a nut. I love it. I, uh, they're like my kids. <laughs> I love them all. People ask me what my favorite one is. I say the, the one that runs and starts and drives. The one that, that just nearest you, right? Yeah. Drew, it's been fun talking to you. One, one more question. I, uh, I'm just curious. You know, there's there's a ton of competition in there. How do you guys do it? I mean, there's how many auctions at Monterey? And, and obviously, how many auctions a year do you guys do? Well, we do three a year. We do Monterey, okay. uh, Scottsdale, and Amelia Island. Uh, primarily because those are where the synergies exist. You exactly. Yeah. Monterey is just a crazy week with all that. Yeah. Multiple uh, car events going on, car shows. Of course, at Monterey, you've got Laguna Seca with the vintage races. That synergy really is the key. Um, yeah. it, it's the, you know, the, the, the greater whole being better than just the pieces parts. Um, we like that. Um, I, I think it, it creates that atmosphere where everybody's in the game. Everybody's having fun. Uh, Monterey is a great example kind of of that smorgasbord. Everybody kind of has their own little flavor. Yeah. You know, RM is doing their kind of, may I have your bids, please, along with Gooding. <laughs> um, you know, Bonhams is very much that way with their proper English auction. Um, Russo and Steel is kind of where you can come at night and kind of let your hair down a little bit, show up in your ball cap after being at the track all day. And exactly. Have some cocktails, whoop it up and have some fun. So everybody kind of has their little niche in Monterey that they sort of cater to. And so it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for enthusiasts to come and enjoy all different types of things with collector cars. I'm looking forward to it, Drew. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And how can people find Russo and Steel online? Super easy. Russoandsteel.com. It's all spelled out. R-U-S-S-O-A-N-D-S-T-W-L-E.com. Come check out the cars we're going to have. You can register to bid there. But uh, best thing to do is just uh, come and see us in downtown Monterey. We're right there on Fisherman's Wharf. I appreciate it. Thanks, Drew. Take care. Thanks again to Drew of Russo and Steel for sharing some time with us and spending a little time. I look forward to attending the auction coming up uh, in just a few days uh, in uh, Monterey. Uh, just about to wrap it up for this week. I'm on a vacation. This program uh, probably won't return for at least two weeks, maybe three weeks. We'll just see what happens, right? Uh, but this week's One Good Thing is a brand new book by the guy that wrote The Martian, Andy Weir. It's called Project Hail Mary. I'm about halfway through. I'm really enjoying the heck out of it. The guy knows his science. He's kind of a nerd, kind of a geek, but he's also a really good writer of fiction. Uh, Project Hail Mary is about this guy who went like 13 light years away to try and save the solar system, save Earth. <laughs> I won't tell you anymore, but I, I, I really am enjoying it. So that's this week's program, Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Have yourself a great uh, week or two or three, and we'll do this again soon, later in August or early September. Ladies, oh! Ladies and gentlemen, Move the crowd, please. The two million dollar reserve has been lifted. We have one point four million. One point five million. Who's it going to be? Here we go. Let's count it down. Five going once. One point five million twice. Third. Five million dollars. 